What up, y'all? It's your girl, Nella B. And this is CV. And we here, man. Hey, guys. It's Black History Month. As you know, we're well into the month, and we have not done anything Black History-esque yet. Nah, not at all, actually. And I, I don't know if that means that we're not black or we're going to get our black cards revoked. Um, no such thing. We saw Black Panther that can. Yeah, that's the blackest shit we've done all month, actually. <laughs> well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about is a serious topic um, and something that I think all black people, white people, whatever, we should be having the conversation with our children about racism. True. Um I don't know where to start with that. Um, we, you know, we share son Jackson, um, and I haven't talked to him really anything about uh, racism yet. So, I'm interested to hear what my baby gonna say over here. <laughs> it's such a hard conversation to broach, especially with a five year old. But I definitely do think it's important to talk to him about, especially in this world where children. Um, Everybody's your friend and everybody's entitled to a win, right? <laughs> we we live in the world of the participation trophy. And with that comes some things that we have to uh, overcome, I think, as minorities with our kids. Uh, so one of the things like with Jackson at their school, they call everybody friend. Um, hey, friend, you know, grab your friend's hand. And one of the harsh realities that I had to tell Jackson is everyone is not your friend. There will be some people who dislike you um, due to the color of your skin. And I wanted to know, are our listeners having this conversation with their children? And if so, what's an appropriate time to do it? What's the ideal age, I guess? I mean, I you know, um, one thing for me is I didn't really have a talk about racism with my moms or whatever. I remember, like, I guess it was because, like, hell, one, we were raised in the hood and it was nothing but black people. You know what I'm saying? Two, I went to all black elementary school. So all my teachers were black. Um, all my friends were black. And I really didn't, like, interact with white people until I got to middle school. Mm -hmm. So it was like. By then, I guess I'd already had like enough bullies or, or enough interactions where if somebody says something to me out of pocket, white or black, I was going to stand <laughs> up for myself. It didn't really matter. Right. And I, for me, a lot of my friends would say I'm the militant one in the group. But I think it's so important because I want our child to have a positive um self-image and I want them to be able to stand up to other children who are being taught to hate because of the color of someone's skin. I, I don't know if Jackson would have a problem with his self-esteem and maybe I'm giving him too much credit and he hasn't been put in a situation yet but mm -hmm. like my son walks around and says I got swag daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't but he is a little you know what I'm saying he does like to get that um that, that he says that but then his feelings are so hurt when anyone yeah. says the opposite he gonna, he gonna get out of that though and we are a black couple in the south raising a young black boy in a world where he asked me questions like does donald trump like us is donald trump a bad man he asked you that? yes oh yeah. Ch check my instagram <laughs> I, I know i know i i you know Sex, Love, Marriage, Inc. I post a lot of my conversations with Jackson and we have a lot of adult conversations and he'll tell me like Donald Trump doesn't like brown people. <laughs> and I'm like, where's my child getting this and how do I broach this conversation with him? Um, it's been really difficult for me because when Jackson was born, he was just under one years old. 
one year old and the Trayvon verdict, the Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman verdict came out. And I remember holding my sleeping child and bawling and posting Emotional, I'm extremely look, emotional. I, I, I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm not exactly your definition of an optimist, but like when she thinks a bad thought, it goes completely like that way. It's uh, all emotional. So does yours. No, but you like more emotional <laughs> with it. I guess like in, in terms of I'm extremely sad, emotional about it because I, I want my son to know my number one question in that time was, what do we tell Jackson? And it, it scared me because I... I didn't grow up in a world where I didn't feel safe to walk through my neighborhood at night or where I felt like the police were just going to... You probably should have. I I probably should have, but that's not the bubble I lived in. And so my question to CV was, what do we tell Jackson? Because if he runs, he's guilty. If he he puts his face down in the dirt, he's going to be shot in the back. What do we tell our son? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with, like, I know he's probably going to go to a school where it's a mixed population. So I'm perfectly cool with the whole theory that, like, if somebody steps to him in an inappropriate way or is rude or disrespectful, I give him full license to, you know, handle his business. So if somebody calls him a nigga at school, please swing off on him. You better not lose. (laughs) Fuck him up. But see, the thing about that also, I feel like that plays into the stereotype that society has about a lot of black boys. And and not only that, but a lot of schools have zero tolerance policies. So in the case of like bullying or racism or things like that, Jackson defending himself makes him as guilty as the person who initiated. Hey man, I don't care because like in my mind right now, I plan on being in a position where I can hire my son. I want to be just like these white folks. Yeah. They go ahead and have their kid get all these DUIs and they do all this dumb shit and then they just hire him to be the president of their fucking company. So if I'm doing my job as a father, I'm going to put something together with my son will be taken care of. I don't want him to live a life of being fearful and meek and kind just because he wants to make sure that a white person can hire him one day. That's not how he's going to live. I refuse. And, and you know, and honestly, with that being said, just a couple of tips about talking to your child about racism. And again, I want to I want to reiterate, this is not just for parents of little black and brown boys. This is for black and brown girls for white boys, white girls, because there are white people in this world who don't feel that way. I'm who, sound racist. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> there are white people in the in the world who don't feel that way and don't have um, the sense of anger or hatred towards minorities, and they need to know too how they can stand up for their black and brown friends who will be marginalized, or how they can stand up for themselves for having black and brown friends. But no, I was gonna say. I, I don't mean to sound racist on this and I might sound that way, but I mean, my, my thought process behind everything is just that when it comes down to, 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 you know, I have white friends that I love and care for. And, um, you know, by saying that, I sometimes feel like that's like, Oh, he got a white friend. Like, <laughs> right. That's that thing. That we I grew up in a white right? neighborhood. So yeah. Like, you know, I, got, <laughs> I went to a white middle school, right? Like, no, I mean, <laughs> legit. Like, I mean, I've, I've worked alongside of them and I've, I've, you know, made plenty of friends. And honestly, I don't really see a color line in those relationships because they're smart, intelligent people who don't judge me for Mm -hmm. the color of my skin. And I think Jackson, you know, he's an emotionally intelligent kid, a little sensitive right now, but he'll grow out of that shit. And at the end of the day, I want him to be able to make the distinction 
of who's good and who's bad. Right. And if someone's not treating him appropriately. Who's good and who's bad of any race? Yeah, Because, absolutely. I mean, also within our race, we have colorism, and that's also an <clears throat> issue. So... I'm going to tell him to stay away from them hotep niggas. I'm going to be like, yo, look, <laughs> you see a nigga with an onk and a kufi on. Hey! In the middle. Nah, I'm just saying. I mean, because, you know... That's right my brother. Now, I know, man. No offense, man. Man, but look, no, nah, for real. Like, I mean, I just need him to, like, not look at the world in the super... Um, I don't want him to go into the world with rose-colored glasses, and I don't want him to um, tint everything everything. with darkness either. Like Martin off of, uh, uh, what movie was that? Boomerang? He was like, (laughs) all right, the the, the pool table, the earth is green, right? (laughs) And that white ball drive all of the balls off the table. No, I don't want him to. Absolutely. I definitely don't want to raise a militant. But I believe that no matter who you are, you should be proud. And I think that pride in your race doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have hatred towards another race. And I totally agree with CV. I have amazing friends of all colors who I've had these conversations with, um, who totally understand that when I post these things, it doesn't come from a place of um anger it comes from from a passion for who i am and for raising my son so the first tip when having these conversations with your children of any age make sure the language is age appropriate make sure it's <laughs> something that they're going what's, to what's language i mean what's age appropriate on language you know like, what, are you, what are you saying like like for for jackson he's five i can't use super huge words not that i'm gonna think of those off the top of my head anyway but you know using words that he's gonna understand jackson's really good for questioning things anyway so if he doesn't understand he'll let you know but i'm well i'm sorry let me ask a better question mm-hmm are you saying that you're going to stay away from actually using the slur word with him or are you going to expose him to that word and then be like if you hear this that's that's my that's a really good question and i would think you know that's a really good question because i was gonna say when you hear that word it's almost a feeling like you know that word is bad jackson i'm maybe i'm a bad dad and i'm gonna just be honest right (laughs) He's but like, that word. I say that word, right? I say nigga a lot. And like, I'd be on PlayStation. I'd be like, nigga, why you ain't pass me the ball? I'm playing 2K. I'm passionate about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, like things like that. Like, so I think he knows like how I use it in that context. And he knows that it's not like um, malicious against anybody. Right. Even like, like I, I had to explain to him, like, you know, I was saying something about like, oh, man, you stupid. And I was just joking. And uh, he was like, why are you calling him stupid, daddy? That's me. And I have to explain to him how that's being used. Now, I don't know how to explain to him when I say nigga. It's different from if someone that says you nigger and, right. and means it in a demeaning way. So um, I, I'm going to have to lean on, you know, Nella B on that and uh, kind of hope that she can kind of carry that, that conversation. And I think I think with that, that also comes to make sure making sure that you're raising an emotionally intelligent child. Um, you know, kind of on a different topic, but with social media, it's there's been studies done that children have a hard time now identifying facial expression or identifying tone, um, differentiating between, you know, angry or frustrated. And these are the things we should be teaching our children. We should be able to tell them when you hear this said in this tone, you you know that that is not that's not an appropriate thing. It is meant to hurt. Your children should know when language is meant to hurt. I you know like the funny part is like you know I don't really know what the rules of engagement are now with kids. I know they have a lot of zero tolerance 
um, mm-hmm. things in school. But again, like I, you know, I really would like to be able to put my son in a situation where he can always succeed, regardless of if rules don't necessarily play in his favor. Because I, 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 no matter what, I want him to understand he has a personal space and bubble. If I, if someone wants to say something to him, they cannot enter that space. So if they want to call him a nigger from like you know five feet away. <laughs> Word. That's their safe space. But if they enter into his face and they're There's like, a no fly arms zone. Length, yeah. So like, if, if he can reach his arm out and they can touch him, or he can touch them with arm's length, then that means that he now needs to go ahead and and you know throw th- throw that two piece in the biscuit. <laughs> and let so him know I will never okay. advocate uh, violence. Absolutely, bust that ass. I would never do that, but I know I know who my husband is. So we're gonna move forward. Um, Tip number two, be able to regulate your emotions related to the topic. Be able to identify what your feelings are in the subject matter. And I will say this. This was something that my dad was not good at doing. Um, I always say, and my dad's heard this before, so if he happens to tune in, I always say my dad is so aggravating and that I went and married him. Because CV and my dad are similar in the ways as CV was just talking about the two-piece That's my dad all day, every day. And he loves to show you the size of his fist. And at the time when I was coming up, I was like, dad, that was a thing of the past. People don't think like that anymore. And sadly, I had a situation where I found out, nope, they still do because those people are raising children. Hey, man, the thing I'm thinking about right now in my head, actually, while she's talking, I'm actually thinking about like, how the fuck would I handle a situation with a parent that's equally as ignorant mm-hmm. as the kid. Because you know it's coming from somewhere, right? So, like, let's say Jackson goes to school. Kid calls him something out of his name. Jackson, you know, saying deals deals what he do, you know, does to the kid. And then the parent comes and he's equally just retarded. And he comes up with some, you know, ignorant shit, laying threats. I firmly believe in the eloquent curse out. You know what I mean? Like... My I have a stepfather who's still living and I have um, my birth father who passed away. And my mom used to say all his soldiers knew when you have been cursed out by Robert Banks, you heard every syllable, every, you know, vowel. You knew what was going down. I don't have to put my hands on you, but I can make you feel small verbally. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, I feel what you're saying. There's just some people that that doesn't work with. And that's, you know, that's just the reality. I remember when we were living in Virginia and um, like it was like like at that point where like everybody was doing the rallies. That, uh, it was mm-hmm. kind of like a startup. And we've seen a lot of Confederate flags like flying around all the time. And um, I went inside a Walmart and it was a six foot five, six foot six dude. He was in the, uh, he, he custom ordered all this shit. This motherfucker had on jeans with the <laughs> Confederate flag, like printed onto the jeans. He had the boots with the flag on the boots. Like it wasn't no bootleg job. This was professionally done. That shit looked good. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Where you get that from? You know what I mean? Like bandana on everything and he's looking down at me like say something nigga like this dude like you got these people that had that that attitude about it and they're so cavalier about it and um you know i just hope that we we don't face anything like i married that. a martial artist who looks for the opportunity to uh bring back his skill man, <laughs> at any given time <laughs> look man i'm actually like looking forward to getting a heavy bag and just throwing punches again. What would your sensei say? You have to harness that anger. I, I don't know, man. I should tag him <laughs> to this post and ask him how he feels about my thoughts. But at the end of the day, man, I just I just definitely, you know, 
never want to be in a situation where I'm not actually standing up for my family either. It's only, you know, it's only right that I um I stand up for them, especially if someone's disrespecting us because of the color of our skin or for any reason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, it is a very, very fine line, and I hope that I provide somebody with some answers. But I just want to say I am not by any stretch of the imagination the expert on this topic. Um, it is just something that I am passionate about, and I take every opportunity to discuss these things with Jackson because we live in the Deep South. <laughs> well, not the Deep South, but we live in the South. South Carolina kind of deep though. Yeah, we I mean, live in the hub right now. We live in the hub of slavery. And so he sees every day different symbols of what was. Um, even in Charleston now, if you've ever been to Charleston, you may have been approached by little black boys who sell these palm roses. Well, They've taken my city. Yeah, as nicely my as I can, as nicely as I can say it, colonizers have made it so <laughs> you have to have a license now to sell mm-hmm. these palm roses, and so they've taken the heritage of you know African Americans who are from Charleston, and they basically made it where children who can afford to be a part of this artisans group, they. Can buy. How much does that cost? I, I've been looking it up because I, I definitely want to do that and start to find, you know, start to fund some of these things. But uh, they get a license and they can now sell the palm roses and they put up signs all over our cities that say all over our city that says, uh, beware of the peddler. Do not buy from these peddlers. They are not licensed. And it's just like, wow. You know, so I have to explain to my son why that is wrong. Yo, well, it's crazy, man. Like. To 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 look at the fact that it's a skill that you know people have been doing for you know making making those out of palms for years, right? And I mean it's just it's just a way for them to control the money behind it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that there's some some loiterers and there's there's probably some unruly kids who, absolutely. who come down there. I mean you know look look at it like this like them cats some of those cats are out there because. That's their only means of getting bread outside of trying to right. you know, sell some crack. And I'd rather them sell palm roses than, like CV says, sell crack. But you have to have, we have to have our emotions in check as parents. So another tip is to look into um, activities, books, um, websites, anything that relates to children and to this topic. So um, a friend of mine actually just wrote a blog on this. I will look up her information and make sure that you guys have it so you can check out the blog. But, you know, books like Amazing Grace, Bud Not Buddy, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. These books expose our children to these situations and put like it displays it through the eye of the child versus um this you know, adult you know what point. though you know what even those even though i like because i read all of those books right mm-hmm. and um i like i said like i really didn't have like a lot of racial encounters until i got like older so like my first like real racial encounter i was in high school and um i told nella b about this story and i don't know if she remember it but i'm gonna recap it real quick um <laughs> Basically, like, me and my best friend, rest in peace, Matt, um, we, uh, I think, yeah, it was me, Matt, and Andre. So, we, like, we go, we had this game, we uh, we end the game, and this is our ninth grade year, so, like, basically, uh, we were supposed to go to the payphone in West Ashley, like, we coming from uh, Middleton game. We walked down to the um, payphone, called his mom at the right aid. She was going to scoop us up and then take us home. Well... On the way to the payphone, some dudes, they yell out of their little truck. They was like, niggas. So my boy, he, he, look, he had a mouth from 
I don't know, from hell. Motherfucker wasn't going to let that shit go. He was like, your mama. So, oh, you God. know, that's the simplest. Yeah. But definitely, want, you know, the one comeback that will make a motherfucker want to get at you. So it's a truck full of white boys, right? And, you know, you never know because you got to think, like, these boys can get hunting guns and all that stuff like that. And all I knew is I saw, like, the toolbox, uh, big-ass toolbox on the back of the truck. So they actually turned around, whipped up, came up on the sidewalk and were trying to run us over. They chased us down for blocks. So what we ended up doing was, like, hopping over a fence. And then um, Matt and them, we ended up splitting up. I thought we were going to all go the same way. I was the fastest one. So... <laughs> I thought we were all go the same way. Um, I actually was trying to head back towards the stadium because my thought was, yo, there's cops there. They can help us. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. <laughs> they, so anyway, um, they ended up they ended up splitting off and they ended up telling me what happened later. They, they were safe and sound. <coughs> Excuse me. But I got to a cop. It's a black cop. So I'm like relieved. I'm like, my nigga, you going to help me. <laughs> so I made a mistake, right? I'm, I'm gassed. I'm out of breath. I put my hand up. Like, I'm about to, like, rest my hand on him. He's like, don't touch me. I was like, you know what? Bad play on my part. My bad. Okay. So I was like, sir, these dudes, they were chasing us down for no reason. They called us. They yelled out the truck, said, niggas, this nigga looks back at me. And he says, you probably are the reason why they did. It's probably your fault. I look at him. So, you know, he doesn't know my uncle, the second in command in North Charleston. No jurisdiction there. But I was just like, let me get your badge number. So I get his badge number and he does get suspended. Um, I mean, but it's just the bad. The bad thing about that is like, I'm thankful that nothing happened Mm -hmm. because nothing moved forward from him. Like he didn't call anybody. I tried to tell him an approximate location of where my friends may have turned off at. And he didn't like send anybody out there to check or go check himself. He was just like, fuck me. Like, and I'm looking at him like we the same. And that's, but see, that's the really harsh reality too, is we're not only teaching our children that people from opposite or other races um will profile profile you excuse me but it's also people from our own race so i mean colorism and and that whole crab in a bucket uh mentality that is something to share with our children but you know just on this note with using resources use your local museums now I will say this. We took Jackson to the Children's Museum and remember (laughs) it is important that we teach our kids our story. That's ultimately what I'm getting at because we went to the the museum and inside they had like kids from different time (laughs) frames. And so this kid who was like in 1880 something and it was like... Maddie lives on a farm with her parents where they work for someone else. And I was like, Yo, that joint said that they went, like, it made it sound (laughs) like it was a story of these motherfuckers who willingly were working and farming. And I had to check. I had to check because sharecropping was a bad thing. However, people did actually move, you know, to have more sharecropping opportunity. But that's not what this was. I was like, during this time frame, yeah, we wasn't. They still would have been we, we slaves. We weren't given options at that time. Period. Yeah. So use your resources, but no, you know, Google. We have a, a computer in our back pocket all day, every day. So if you at the museum and it say some shit that you ain't really sure about, Google it. Do your research. It's for the benefit of your child. But finally, um, CV brought up a really good point. Share your experiences with your kids. Let them know that I am not trying to scare you, but these are the 
experience that I've had that only make me want to protect you. Um, and you know, you know, it's so funny. Like, so, you know, just like your dad shares his experiences with you guys. All right. So my, my little cousin, he's uh, coming up. This is his senior year. Yeah. Is this? Mm-hmm. All right. This is his senior year. He's oblivious to every fucking thing. Cause he, you know, he grew up in the suburbs and like, he ain't experienced none of this, but, um, his dad it was my senior to... year when I finally experienced it for myself. So see, so like it's so crazy because like he was like it's not like that no more. Like he said that shit to me. Like he does not see and what's going like, on in the world. No, but he said, <laughs> but that was like before. Like it got hot. It got real hot. Like with all the stuff. No, for real. It got I'm gonna say Trayvon worse. Martin was 2012. I, I know, but I'm saying it got like consistently hot. So now he gets it. Oh, okay. Like, but <laughs> like at the time, like you know, to to him, Trayvon was like a one off. But like now it's like And then Jordan dang, and yeah. then Samir. Yeah, so it just kept going. Orlando. So he was like, Oh damn, you know, shit's <laughs> Sandra real. Bland. So he ain't got no yeah, he knows now. Okay. He, he knows now. But it, it that's what's so scary to me, right? So like the fact that like he was always in those mixed schools and even though you telling them what you saw they're like, well, you know, shit done changed that. Like, it ain't the same. I go to school with white people. Right. <laughs> like, and it's and it is unfortunate <laughs> because sometimes you have to touch the stove to know that it's hot. And we don't take the advice when we're given the advice. But I think that when you have the conversation, you at least equip them. They might not necessarily buy your story, but you at least equip them with the tools to maybe know how to address it going forward. And um, it's, it's not about teaching your kid to fear the world, but the way that trauma impacts us so heavily because your body is biologically made to remember the bad things so you can protect yourself, right? In the caveman days, if you ate a berry and you got physically ill, your body remembered that. No, those berries we can't eat. But you know what, though? <laughs> nothing nothing that anybody could have said to me. There's not one lesson that anybody shared with me from their past that could prepare me for how I felt in the moment Yeah. when that shit happened. Like... I was like, I was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, angry. I was angry. Um, I just, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to protect myself um, in terms of like, what these dudes got guns. We don't like. Y'all know those feelings are buzzwords for therapists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just, it was, it was a hell of a moment. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what it would be like, like if. Like, you know, I watch those little dumb little teen movies, uh-huh. right? And you see, like, the look, there's always like, that that star athlete white kid is an asshole. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine if, like, you know, my son was, like, targeted by, like, a group of kids in a racial situation and how he would handle it. it so. It's, so, it's so funny because, and we'll start to wrap it up, guys, but ultimately what I want you all to get, black, white, purple, yellow, green, it's important that if we are going to work together and make some dent in changing the way that things are. And, and I, I don't know that it can that racism will ever go away. But in order for us to be unified, we have to have these conversations with our children. But what's so funny is, you know, CV just running down his gambit of emotions. My situation, you can hear about it on our episode about Wakanda. Uh, my situation happened when I was 17 years old and just hearing him run through those emotions. I remember every single one that I felt that day. I, you know, after I ran into this guy who told me basically he was going to hang me, I walked into my English class 
and looked at my blonde, blue-eyed teacher in the face and just began to cry. I melted in the doorway. And he was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I couldn't tell him. I didn't feel safe enough to tell him because it's like the teacher. Yeah, I didn't feel safe That's enough to tell him. To to tell. I, but you know what? You look just like the guy who accosted me in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, word, word, so, okay. you know, he was I mean, he was awesome. He was a brilliant teacher. Never had any issue with him. But in that moment, I couldn't tell you. That shit's crazy. And, I, mean, but I feel what you're saying. I and so he had, you know, he had a friend of mine walk down to the office with me and I was able to tell Miss um, Green, who was my science teacher, a black lady. I felt comfortable telling her because just like you ran to that cop, I felt like, yo, she's on my side. Yeah. And luckily I had a different experience. But that's man, look, I that's all. That was like my hope. Yeah. And I, I was like brother like you got me you know what i'm saying yeah, wakanda forever like, exactly man but nah he wasn't from wakanda so what's your what's your final thoughts on the topic of my final of thoughts man would be what would tashala say <laughs> like for real because tashala at the end of the movie he dropped the gem and i mean in, in short he basically said like we better together you're right and um you know i really think that um at the end of the day if we can always take that message um, and all we can do is, you know, preach that positivity and preach that that message to our, our kids, but also prepare their asses for battle. You're right. Because, you know, you don't want them to be like just just, you know, super soft with it. So, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying have the front, the front, like have the um, have the ability to articulate yourself like T'Challa, but be ready to kick that ass like Killmonger. <laughs> so. so I'll leave y'all with this. Once again, you want to make sure your conversation with your child is age appropriate. Make sure they understand the message. Encourage them to ask questions. Encourage them to tell you about their day. You want to be able to recognize your emotions regarding the topic of racism and keep them in check. No need to scare the babies. Use your resources, activities, books, movies, um, anything you can get your head, your hands on, your museums. And finally, share your experiences. Be open with your kids. A lot of times we don't share because we don't think they would see us as perfect. But just remember, you're the parent and they're looking for guidance from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another episode of We Here, Man. We're going to continue bringing you new content each and every week, but we want you guys to join the conversation. So download Anchor.fm, available in iTunes and Google Play. Also, hit that subscribe button in your Apple or Google Play podcast store. I want you to give us the stars, give us the likes if you like it. And like Mama said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. In other words, don't give us one star, y'all. Thank you for listening again, and we definitely appreciate your air and won't take it for granted.